Today, the workplace is more dynamic and diverse than it's ever been. Four generations coming together to contribute to our economy's growth. But new challenges in the workplace are growing each and every day. This podcast brings corporate leaders to you, sharing solutions and strategies to enhance your company's culture and bring your people together. Rise Up For You presents its newest podcast series, Workplace Solutions, People Matter. Blaine, thank you so much for joining the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such an honor to have you on our show today. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, the audience has heard a little bit about you, but I always like to start the interview by having our guest, which is you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the great work that you're doing in your own words. Well, I, you know, the, the, the thrust of my work today, uh, and it has shifted just a little bit, but it's organized around this thing that I call compassionate capitalism. And it's a little different than conscious capitalism. Um, consciousness is about you know, increasing awareness and you know, in, in, in that model, it's about awareness of all the stakeholders that are touched by businesses. Um, compassionate capitalism is the behavior that is associated with that awareness. You know, am I behaving in a way that recognizes that everybody's connected, that everything is connected? And you know, compassion is the driver on that. So if I'm taking care of stakeholders from, from a consciousness perspective, I will be taking care of my business. And yeah, there's a reciprocity that's involved with that. So how do we go about achieving that? It's an ideal. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. many ways, it is an ideal. But that's, yeah, that's the thrust of what I'm doing today. And, and, and the specifics on it has to do with you know, my work with leaders. You know, just how do, how do leaders approach that? Mm-hmm. Well, you're speaking you know, my language. And you know, we've, we've spoken before. And we have a lot of things in alignment. And you know, we always say with Rise Up For You, personal impact, organizational impact to make a global impact, right? Because they're all, they're all connected. They're not separate. So, and I'm very fascinated with compassionate capitalism. So talk to us a little bit more because you have a very extensive background in HR, you know, internationally. You've done a lot of work in Japan and China. Talk to us a little bit more about what that looks like. So especially today with everything that's going on in the world, how do leaders bring compassionate capitalism into the company, into the work that they're doing so that it does have an outward effect? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, partly that's predicated on how I define leadership. And, I, and I've been very specific. I've worked on this definition for a lot of years. You know, just kind of really kind of what does this imply? And it, it moves us away from a command and control sort of a uh, mm. context or mm-hmm. paradigm, mm-hmm. Uh, moves us away from a directive paradigm that many people associate with leaders. The way that we define leaders is it's the activity, and it's an activity of co-creating coordinated movement in a system that produces the actions I need to get the results I want. So there's two pieces to it, co-creation. Yeah, nothing ever gets developed or invented or manifested by one person. It's always a co-created effort. And part of the uh, kernel of effective co-creation is ownership transfer. The idea moves from me as the leader, as an example, into you as a a (laughs) co-conspirator, so to speak. Yeah, there's a shared ownership. So you're, you're invested in it, not just because I told you to, but because you now see personal meaning in it. Yeah, so that co-created 
you know, dynamic is now in place. And then it's a question of how do we coordinate our activities? How do we coordinate our movement with each other to make that happen? And this is where we start getting into, uh, you know, we've got different constituencies, different stakeholders that have different interests. Um, right. How do we coordinate these different interests so that there is actually a movement that is less uh, toe-stepping on than right. <laughs> a choreographed dance? And yeah. that's kind of what we work with. And that's a challenge. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, it really can be a very large challenge to take on. But if we're doing it well, co-creating coordinated movement, what we have is, a, for, I, you know, for me and the work I do, the litmus test is something that I call elegance. Yeah, is it an elegant process? And I take the word elegant, not from the arts. I take it from uh, software coding. Elegant code, when I've done it well, does exactly what it's supposed to do, no unintended consequences. So the greater the elegance, the fewer unintended consequences. And in a leadership you know, conversation, I don't have to go back and clean up after myself if what I've done has been elegant. And yeah. far, too many, uh, far too many leaders have to go back and clean up after themselves. Yeah, uh, and it's a waste of resource, a waste of time, and it's a waste of spirit. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask you because when when I hear you talk about co-creation, how much work do you have to do before you get there with the leader? And I only I only ask that because you know we we're doing all the soft skills and the human behavior side, and you know sometimes it takes a while to get the leader even to that place of being able to create, receive, reciprocate you know, with their, with their team and with the organization. So what do you find? Do you find that it's quite simple or do you find that there's some legwork that has to be done beforehand? <laughs> there's legwork. There, there typically is a fair amount of legwork. Um, and and, and your, your formula, I think, is absolutely spot on. You know, personal, organizational, and then societally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it starts with the individual. Leadership is an inside-out process. And one of the things that we work with in our uh, uh, modality has to do with self-mastery. You know, am, am, am I a master of myself? And I mean master in the sense of, uh, and, and this kind of goes directly to this question. Yeah, am I mastering my emotional state? So there's EQ that comes into play. Yeah. There's mastery of social intelligence. There's mastery of obviously IQ that comes into play here. Um, there's also a mastery of you know, spiritual intelligence. Uh, you know, that, that voice that speaks to me. Yeah, how do I harness that? You know, do I have mastery in my life to be able to be quiet enough to listen to that voice? So that I, you know, because it gives me direction. So there's a spiritual intelligence that comes into play as well. And I'm not talking about this from a religious perspective. Yeah. I'm talking about this from a life affirming perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The spirit wants to grow. It wants to express. It wants to be more always. It's, it's, it's in service of growth. Yeah. Where do you think we are today? And I, and I ask that transparently because I think that there's a portion of us, you know, when I say us, I mean leaders and, and individuals that get what you're saying and they're working towards it. And then there's the other side that are still very far off of this concept when it comes to leadership. And it's, mm -hmm. they're still in that managerial stage, right? Or, you know, I say you do, right? Um, mentality. But, you know, right now, I, I honestly think we're in a huge tragedy when it comes to humanity. Just like, who are we? We've, we've lost ourselves. We don't know where we're going. You know, what's, what's meaning? What, what are we doing here, right, on this planet? 
and um, that stems into the workplace. So I'm just curious for you, you know, I've seen that we've made some movement in the workspace, but how far do you, do you think we are? Boy, uh, I, I think this is a question of uh, one step forward, two steps back sometimes, or maybe yeah. two steps forward, one step back. You know, I think it kind of varies a little. One of the things that, that I'm particularly aware of right now is that there seems to be a lot of fear yeah, in the uh, uh, environment right now. I mean, a lot of politicians, a lot of people uh, that are in positions of quote unquote power playing to fear. And what's interesting about fear is it's a secondary emotion, typically, um, that comes out of the experience of being out of control. Yeah. And what we're seeing, I think, a lot of is people feeling like they need to control. And control is antithetical to the spirit growing. The spirit wants to grow in a direction that the spirit cares about, not in the, not in the direction that the ego wants to take it to. Mm. And this is where ideologies start to get really, really problematic. And I don't care if it's a left-leaning ideology, a right-leaning ideology. Yeah, anything that becomes intransigent becomes problematic in the long term because it is antithetical to the soul or the spirit actually being able to express itself. And the soul or the spirit of anything seeks connection. And it's an honoring force. It's not a divisive force. It's a generative force, not a contractive force. So... Yeah, it's kind of a philosophical answer here, but yeah, the idea of leaders, and this is why I've, I've defined leadership in this way, co-creating. I can't be in control when I'm co-creating. I have to be invitational when I'm co-creating. And in the coordinated movement piece, yeah, yeah, depending on the music, I may take the lead, but somebody else may take the lead too. You know, depending yeah, if, if the music changes a little bit here or the constituency yeah. changes. Yeah. Um, so that idea of you know, needing to be in control is really crucial, and we're not doing well right now in the face of that need. I don't, ex I, I don't experience. Yeah, that's a very interesting point there, um, and I think that you know when you say that needing to be in control and the fear, the fear is so real. I mean, this is a real challenge that's happening in the workspace, not just with leaders, right, but. Just, you know, yeah. entry level positions, whoever is in, you know, any position. And it's the fear of speaking up, the fear of taking action, the fear of doing this. Otherwise, this consequence might happen. Um, and there's a lot of resistance, right? You know, it's resistance that, that's happening. So a, a lot of work to do. What would you say would be like the first step just for any leader that's listening that you say, start here. We can't do it all at once, but what's the first thing I could start doing to get closer to, you know, compassionate leadership and, and really being your best here? Oh, it's, uh, it's a great question. And if we had four days, I'd really go into it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I, I think one of the very first things I can do is be clear about the ideal that I'd like to see manifested. The ideal. And then there's a recognition that reality is what it is. I mean, my ideal gets smacked alongside the head with quote unquote reality. So yeah. then the question is, you know, what do I do? Well, I do what I can with what I have where I am. And it, far too many leaders want to take big steps. They want to do things, you know, quickly and largely. I don't think that's a success uh, formula. Mm. It's small incremental steps aggregated over time towards an ideal. That's what we're looking for. Um, you know, Earl Nightingale at one point in time said that you know, success is the steady progression towards a worthy ideal. Mm. 
And that's kind of what we're looking at here. Um, you know, for me, sustainable success, and this is one way that I've defined it, is it's developing the capacity to continuously start over. And it's that capacity to continuously start over because, you know, the, <laughs> the, nature, the nature of the world is it's going to push back. Yeah, the systems that we live in look towards comfort. They seek stasis. They want stability. And all of those things are antithetical to growth. Growth causes disruption. Yeah, and you, know, yeah. you can't grow you know, if you're solely concerned with control and yeah. maintaining the status quo. I love that you talk or, about or going back to what was. Oh, exactly. I love that you talk about sustainable success, right? Because um, you're right, it's small aggregated steps, and that's how we create sustainability. Right. Otherwise, yeah. it's a false idea of success. It lasts maybe for you know so long, but then you're right. Like there's a resilience that has to happen, and that's where the sustainability comes in. Is like being able to bounce back up and forward multiple times because, as you mentioned, uh, change is inevitable and it's going to happen multiple times. And the only way to create that sustainability is through that resilience factor. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the the problem with change, in, in my experience, isn't the change, it's never the change that people right. have problems with. It's the disruption to the relationships that people have that is being, that are being impacted by the change. Yeah. And it's, you know, people don't like their relationships disrupted. And I'm not talking just interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've got a relationship with my job or my work process. And all of a sudden now we're working from home. My work process has been disrupted. That relationship has gone yeah. upside down. And being able to kind of get back to square one, how do I recalibrate and redefine my work relationship with work? Mm. Yeah, that, that's a different question than, <laughs> you know, yeah. all of that's, it's relationship dynamics, you know, relationship dynamics are in place here, which is, you know, trust comes in. I mean, there's a lot of different dynamics. It's, it's a complex question. It's a complex situation. Yeah, absolutely. Blaine, this has been a, a great um, interview, short and sweet. We have to have you on again because I know we can probably do, you know, a million of these <laughs> 20 minute <laughs> episodes. I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview and ask you, you know, if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it our golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be? Ah, uh, I think my golden nugget is... It, it's a it's a multivariate nugget here. Every you know, it starts with a premise. Everything is connected. So the golden nugget here, and this might sound like the golden rule, but it's a little bit different because everything is connected, and literally everything is connected energetically. Uh, act as if everything is connected, and you will always be well served. Mm, I love that. That's great. And what's one value that you have that's a non-negotiable? So I know for you and I, values is an, is an important thing. What's one that's non-negotiable that no matter what's happening, you're sticking to that value? Integrity. Right, great. Yeah. Period the end. Yeah, period <laughs> the end, exactly. <laughs> and I have one more final question for you, but before I do that, Blaine, how do we get in contact with you? How do we reach out to you? If our audience wants to connect and learn more, where's the best way to do that? Best way, easiest way is my website, Blaine Bartlett, one word, BlaineBartlett.com. Uh, and there's all kinds of resources up on the site and, and there's 
you know, ways to get a hold of me there. Um, my solo business podcast, which you have been a guest on, a wonderful, wonderful episode. Thank you. Uh, that's another way that you can pick me up. Okay, wonderful. So, so we'll put all that in the show notes. We'll put the website. We'll put the uh, the podcast as well, and your LinkedIn and and other ways for sure. Yeah. And yeah. then our, our final question is: As you know, we are Rise Up for You, and that's the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear that phrase "Rise Up for You"? Rise up for you. Uh, if I'm not going to champion me, who will? I, I can't expect others to champion me. And, I, and I'm putting that in the first person you know, vernacular right now. But rise up for you also means that if I'm rising up, I'm going to bring others up with me because we are all connected. And what's happening with me is happening to you. So if I'm being my best self, it will be a role model uh, move. Yeah, so they would, it serves as an invitation for you to be the best that you can be as well. Absolutely. Blaine, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Uh, not a, my, my pleasure, exactly. I, I love talking with you. Always have, always will. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Rise of You podcast. Again, this is your host, Netalina Nasserdine. We would love for you to share this episode with any of your friends, coworkers, or anybody that you think can benefit from this podcast episode. And don't forget to follow us and subscribe. We are on every single major podcast platform, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast, we are there. And lastly, if you want to see this live in action, head over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the episode and the interactions between myself and the guest. Thanks for joining us here on the Rise of Beef podcast, business and workplace solutions.